I am a god, you dull creature! We are not doing Get Help. I have been falling for 30 minutes! I assure you, brother, the sun will shine on us again. I'm just a huge fan of the sport. Can't see into the future, I'm not a witch. No? Why'd you dress like one? I am Loki of Asgard. Puny God. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Assembly Required, an MCU retrospective. The show where we reassemble the MCU piece by piece, movie by movie, episode by episode. I am your host, Eduardo, and I am joined by the boys, Mr. Chris and Mr. Peaches. Hello, so, Mr. Peaches. One of you say that that's your father, and then... Uh, well, I, I when you called us the boys, I thought I was going to be like Black Noir or... Homelander or something, and I was afraid because all of them suck. You're the deep peach. No, I, that's the worst one. <laughs> I don't want to be the deep. <laughs> Mr. Deep is my father. Oh, God. <laughs> I combined our jokes. <laughs> it was terrible. Yeah, I didn't Chris, enjoy- say something. I didn't enjoy that one Something. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Today, we're going to talk all about Loki. Season 2, Episode 2, Breaking Brad, directed by Dan I know. You can do this. Delu and Delulu? Delu. Dan Delulu. And written by Eric Martin. <laughs> yeah, good uh good cool relevant title of episode. I, I very good episode title. Yeah. Before we even actually get into the plot though, I, I just wanna I'm gonna make my position on this episode known. Did this feel like a Loki episode to you guys? Because for a while it felt, I don't think it was bad. My second watch, I liked it more than my first. But the first watch, I was like, "Am I watching the same show? Did we miss an episode?" Like I almost okay, felt like thank there... you. I was gonna. I thought I was gonna be like the bummer on this. No, episode no, no. no. Cause, I like... don't think it's. I'm not gonna rate it poorly either. I just thought that. Okay, like, so I am the... gonna be the bummer. This no, the way that this one started compared to the way to the last one ended, I was like. Did they accidentally upload episode three? I spent the first <laughs> like, five minutes thinking that. Yeah. And the only reason I knew they didn't was because there wasn't anything in the previously on that I didn't recognize. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but it, like, I don't know. The tone felt different. The fact that they were like right into action. Which I'm in theory okay with. Yeah. It just felt like we'd skipped a lot of stuff. Yeah. yeah I'm yeah. okay with a, with an immediate start to an episode. But like this one, for whatever reason, it's like things have changed since the last episode and it's taking me a couple minutes to catch up and not in a fun way. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I don't think it was bad. It was just something that caught me off guard. So I wanted to ask y'all if you felt the same way. So at least one of us, at least yeah. two of us, you're looking at me like I'm crazy. So it will stay <laughs> I, two of us. I, All right. Uh, I don't agree with both of you, but uh, okay. I want to hear what you have to say. But yeah, I didn't. I was not. I was able to jump right into because ta- I didn't feel Yeah, I mean, I'll talk about the other stuff as you go through the plot. I sure. just I was just curious if I was the only one caught off guard. Sure. Well, episode 2 begins with Loki and Mobius in 1977 on the Sacred Timeline. They've traveled to London to search for Sylvie before Doc's Minutemen loyalists can find her, but as she's proven before, finding Sylvie is easier said than done. The duo is also tracking down X5 for leads on Sylvie as well as Doc's plans. In this timeline, X5 is Brad Wolf, a movie star attending the premiere of his film Zaniac. Once okay. X- oh, go ahead. I'm going to interrupt you already. <laughs> uh, are you going to say the thing? Sure. Do you want me to say the thing? Well, say the thing, but first I want to say when when X5 slash Brad... I have two things about that. When X5 slash Brad gets out of the car, I thought it was Ewan McGregor. For a split second, I was like, they got Ewan McGregor for this show? Like, the very first shot of him with the slicked back hair getting out of the car, like, I said, Obi! <laughs> I was like, Obi-Wan, he's no, here! Obi's back at the TVA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like what you did. Thank you. Um, the other thing is, Brad Wolf is a really uh, clever name, and do we think that this version of x5 slash brett do you think that's his real name like do you think he found who he was supposed to be or do you think he's just like living a living a life he made up i think i think it's that i think he was just like well i guess i can go to the timeline and do whatever the hell i want so i'm gonna go make myself rich yeah that, that's how i yeah. read it 
I wasn't sure if that was like, because you know that we find like Renslayer at the end of the first season, like as a principal or whatever she was, like a principal or a teacher yeah, or something. Yeah. So I wondered like, was he really Brad Wolf or did he just do all the, did he fabricate all of this, you know? Yeah, my take is that Chris's as well, that he yeah. went and made a life for himself separate from the one that he was, yeah. you know, a variant of. Well, because he's still convinced that it's all made up and doesn't matter anyway. Like via the interrogation, so sure. yeah, I guess he can do whatever he wants. But yeah, big the big Brad Wolf. Oh, yeah, I'm stupid. <laughs> now you say your thing. Yeah, Zaniac is a minor Thor villain from the comics. It was in four issues back in the eighties. Huh. It was Brad Wolf who was an actor. Zaniac is a swarm of demons from the dark dimension, loyal to Dormammu. Uh, who? What? Pos- <laughs> yeah, pe- you didn't say that earlier. Surprise. <laughs> I've come to bargain. Um, yeah, so it possessed people over the years, and it possessed Brad Wolf while he was filming his slasher movie, Zaniac. And there was a nuclear explosion, because that happens when you're filming movies. Um, and he ended up trying to kill... He ended up getting the power to create knives out of energy. Um, and he tried to kill one of Donald Blake's friends... And then later on, he tried to kill Jane Foster, and then he died. And that was the last anyone ever did anything with Zaniac. <laughs> Classic Brad. Until they were like, let's uh, let's throw an Easter egg into this episode. And I, I did find out something very sad, which was that they wanted to film a trailer for Zaniac to be the mid-credits scene, but they didn't have time. Oh. I know. So when he died in the comics, was he Knives Chow? <laughs> Chow Knives. <laughs> You just let, let that go. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm paying for this one. Once X5 <laughs> runs into Loki and Mobius at the premiere, he attempts to escape. B15 is able to snatch his tempad as X5 runs down a back alley while Loki chases him down. After Loki corners X5, the god of mischief uses some of his magic to intimidate X5 into giving up whatever information he knows. Bursts of green magic lead to illusions and devious shadows that grab X5. I thought it was really cool that we saw... Loki finally get to use his powers again. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Loki being Loki is always cool. I get he doesn't have his powers at the TVA, but it is very cool to see him be able to do all of these things again. What what I like about Loki as a TV show is that it's not just a science fiction show about time travel. You also have a literal god from Norse mythology as one of the characters. So when he gets to actually be a god and use magic and do mischievous things more of that just look into my veins uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i liked it too uh it did ca- it did it was another thing that caught me off guard though because it felt like old loki and i didn't dislike it but i was like wait a second this is old loki but then i remembered yeah it is old loki like this yeah. is Loki before all that stuff happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think he's allowed to do that. <laughs> it sure looks like, and this is something we'll get into later in this episode, but it looks like they might be setting up the is he a hero or is he a villain kind of storyline mm. in this that you know, it was kind of touched on in the last one, in the last season, but not quite as much because it became more about Sylvie and what's behind the TVA. And now I think Loki feels like he's kind of found a place here, but you know, with like Brad X five making him questions saying, You're a villain, you're good at that, do that. And I think we're gonna see him trying to figure out like what is his path going forward now. Absolutely. Yeah, Chris, I, I blocked all of that out. I've been singing Am I a man or am I a Muppet? But with Am I a hero or am I a villain in my head. <laughs> am I a villain? <laughs> you're a very hero villain. <laughs> Did you guys also feel like that chase scene was maybe like one or two scenes too long? <laughs> they are just fucking running for like a minute straight with one obstacle the whole time. They just run by a, a truck as it's backing up, but the rest of the shots are them just running at the <laughs> camera. It's like 55 seconds of running. It's like, damn, like I was tired watching y'all. <laughs> it didn't bother me too much. Uh, my What I did like was the shadows. Mm-hmm. Which made me think of Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Yeah. So, anything that makes me think of Killer Clowns 
is good in my book. Yeah, the shadow play was cool. I, I did that. also like that Loki wasn't the one that it wasn't the Loki that Mobius thought. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. really liked that. I liked the sort of su- surprise on Mobius's face and the like. Oh no, I've still got, like I've still got it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder if we'll. You know, the TVA is not working like we thought it was last season, right? You know, that's the plot of this season is like, oh, you can time travel here? That makes no sense. And I wonder if eventually Loki will be able to use powers in the TVA because it's not what people thought it was. So maybe rules will be broken in the future too. Yeah. Like maybe he'll be there and be slinging magic around. I don't know what that would do for him, but... (laughs) Well, that would make things very dangerous considering how many infinity stones they that's have true. lying yeah, around. Yeah, that's, that's true. Ooh, what if we come back to that? What if we just got yeah. a pocket full of pocket full of infinity stones? <laughs> Mobius finally catches up with Loki in X5 and they bring him back to the TVA for questioning. It appears that X5 has altered his tempad somehow, but he refuses to divulge any info. Loki and Mobius take the mysterious Tempad down to Obi, who is still trying to retrofit the temporal loom so it can handle all the new timelines. Things are beginning to look a little dire. Meanwhile, B-15 asks Casey whether there are any updates on Ravona Renslayer. Uh, Pellboy reports nothing so far in regards <laughs> to her location, but he did find out who sent the last message from her Tempad. Miss Minutes. Plus, Casey might have an idea of what's happened to X-5's Tempad. Hey, in my canon... That is Pillboy. They plucked Pillboy from his time, from the Good Place timeline. You know, until proven otherwise. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he kind of, I mean, he, he has a similar vibe. Yeah. Him, when him and Kihei Kwan met in the show. Yes. Bro. <laughs> that was so fun. I oh love it. It is the most Pillboy ambitious fan... crossover in MCU history. Yeah. yeah. Pillboy <laughs> fanboying over data. Yeah. Because he wrote a book. Like, yeah. So he wrote a sick. manual more specifically. <laughs> like, that's what we need. Over in X5's holding cell, Loki and Mobius interrogate the TVA officer with minimal success. He refuses to give up what he obviously knows, but that doesn't mean X5 isn't chatty. He claims to be upholding B-15's new mission by living his best life on the sacred timeline. I'm waiting for one of you to interrupt me because I I don't I you talked to you guys both talked about how this wasn't like your favorite episode. I really liked this episode and I genuinely do not know where the part I'm, I'll wait for you guys to get, but I, I'm like <laughs> sitting like every time I read something I'm like All right, is this it is this the part they didn't like and I don't I don't know where no, it's going to be. No, it's not be. a dislike. It's a felt different from the other ones. Felt different from what I expected. Felt like maybe I missed something well, it, in between. It's interesting because I agree it felt different, but it felt like something, I don't remember which one of you asked for it, but it felt like something one of you asked for last week, which was Toki, Toki, Loki Tokyo and, Drift. and Mobius like time detective. Uh, yes, oh, I, I really liked that aspect of it. Um, I'll, I guess I'll probably get more into it later but i thought the beginning was a little messy and i thought the end was a little messy um okay i enjoyed i mostly enjoyed this episode it's not like i didn't like this episode i just think it was weak for a loki episode which is still better than a lot of other episodes of other shows yeah yeah that's fair loki and mobius quickly grow exasperated exasperated (laughs) By the by, blah, 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 blah. you got this, man. Loki and Mobius quickly grow exasperated with X Five. Man, I feel like if the word wasn't in front of me, <laughs> yeah. I would say it just fine. Don't, just don't look but at because it because it's right there. Look at Chris and say it. Loki and S- Mobius quickly grow <laughs> exasperated. There you go. <laughs> with X Five, it's so much easier when you're not looking at the word. Yeah. They try every tactic in the book to get him to tell where Sylvie is, but that just pushes X Five into antagonizing Loki. At what point he even mentions Frigga's murder to push Loki's buttons. He tells Loki, "You're a villain, and you're good at it. Do that." In other words, stop trying to be a hero when everyone knows that's not the case. Hearing this, Loki launches into a devilishly good monologue delivered in his signature subtle snarl. His words threaten impending violence against X-5, and everyone in the room is on the edge of their seat. I really liked everything that happened in this interrogation oh, yeah. scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was but very good. Everything with... Uh, God, I want to call him Rudy. We just established his name. Um, Brad? Brad. <laughs> I don't know why I wanted to call him Rudy. Rudy. <laughs> Brad. Uh, everything with Brad and Mobius 
and uh, Loki I thought was excellent. I think exploring that side of everything and that side of those characters, I really like the idea that in this situation, Loki was the one who was able to keep his cool and Mobius is the one that went off the edge. And I really like the idea of them sort of switching roles as to who the unhinged type one is this season. I think that'd be really interesting. I think Loki's more in his element when he's in this kind of situation, right? Like somebody that's not Loki is going to try to out villain monologue him. Like, yeah, it might phase him a little bit, but he's sitting there going, are you done? I was like, I'm better at this than you. Yeah. Like, and I really liked one thing that I, that really stood out to me about that monologue is right before Loki takes his turn, that little laugh that he has was like peak villain Loki. Mm -hmm. Like he just, you know, puts his head down and like chuckles to himself and then goes into it. I'm like, yeah, Yeah. it's so good that he's still Loki. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, that's, they're not just making him Tom Hiddleston as a detective. It's Loki as a TVA guy. And, you know, they are sticking with the characterization. That's what makes it interesting. Yeah. As compelling as Loki's threat is, X5 still resists. He continues to question the purpose of the TVA, seemingly in opposition to Dox's current directive. But when he refers to Mobius as a nowhere man, the normally cool TVA agent completely loses his temper. After Can Mo- we go ahead. talk about like what do you think set him off? Why did that set him off? I think they explored it in the show is that he is uh he keeps talking about like Oh, I'm happy at the TVA. Yeah. I'm happy here. But I like I think what they're pointing at is that there's like something in his head, something in his brain telling him, you know, which is probably talking to everybody at the TVA, which is saying, What is what what could your life have been? Yeah, where were you supposed to be? All right. He has that conversation with Loki as they're eating pie, and he talks about how <laughs> if it was something bad on the timeline, he could deal with that because his situation now is better. But what if it was something good? What if he gave up a family, something incredible, yeah. this life that he couldn't dream of what if we gave up jet skis <laughs> you know uh that's the kind of thing i think that eats away at him i agree I, it's, it is obviously not the same situation because as far as we know there's no tva um or maybe we're doing everything exactly the way they want us to on the sacred timeline but I, I mean as someone who like didn't meet one of his parents until he was an adult like i kind of understand where he's coming from like that's a scary thing like you've had this life for however long you've had it and you could learn about some other facet of your life but where will that take you yeah. you know it's like a scary thought it could be really good it could be really bad it could be nothing but you don't know what that is until you do it so it's like big risk big reward possibly yeah but yeah, what if he finds out that he's like, you got a, got a big family that that loves him a lot, and he he he's doing all these cool things all the time. But instead, he got pulled in this world where he's chasing around Loki all the time, <laughs> you know. After Mobius's meltdown, Loki takes him down to the cafeteria so they can regroup. A couple slices of bright green key lime pie does wonders for the nerves. As they eat their dessert, they talk about losing control. Loki tries to make his companion feel better by pointing out that he once attempted to pawn the entire city of New York off to an alien madman, in addition to throwing Tony Stark off the side of a building. <laughs> that was fun. Y'all want to eat that key, key lime pie, though? No. The greenest pie you I've ever seen in my life. You didn't have the same feeling as I did? I don't like key lime pie. So. Oh. Uh, well, did you want to eat that key lime pie? I do want some key lime pie now. But that one, the one that is neon almost... <laughs> fluorescent looking you know they're gonna have it at disneyland at some point i hope they do you know i don't want to say this this company too loud because uh bailey cover your ears because you will hate that i say this because my my phone might hear me say the name of the company and then suggest me buy things and then i will buy things um is it a river in south america it what what company are we talking about (laughs) Uh, you have like 200 and change of them in your body. Oh. You can break them or fracture them. And Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And yeah. and the thing that they sell is caffeinated. Yes. And they have Made a, of beans. And they have a crossover with this episode of Key Lime Pie Coffee. Wait, they do? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Did not know that. Mm-hmm. 
So I guess we, we kind of can get that key lime pie. Well, let me open Instagram. I'm sure I'll see an ad. Yeah, <laughs> about, everybody here that's listening to this, I didn't even say the name of the company. They're about to get ads. Yeah. As they talk, Loki asks Mobius if he's curious at all about his life before the TVA. You know, the one that was erased from his memories. Mobius appears uncomfortable with the question and says it's easier not knowing for sure. Something bad I can handle. What if it's something good? The duo returns to X5's holding cell with new resolve. Uh, With them, they've rolled in a large, complicated piece of machinery that clearly has X5 worried. According to them, the dangerous device is their last option. They begin to interrogate X5 again, but suddenly Loki goes off script. He locks Mobius out of the room, and now it's just Loki and X5, and that big machine. Loki says there actually is one other option. I don't know about you guys, but I saw the, like, they planned this. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah for sure, beginning. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's too early in the season for Loki to actually go rogue. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. I'm sure he I, will. I hate that I think of things in structure sometimes, but... Yeah, no, you're right. X5 attempts to reason with Loki, saying he doesn't know how to properly operate the device, but that doesn't matter the god of mischief. I'm a villain, remember? Loki starts pushing random buttons as X5 becomes more and more panicked. The device is able to lock X5 in a force field, which quickly closes in on him as Loki continues to recklessly push buttons. Anyone else get Saw vibes? No, maybe it's because you just recently saw it. Well, no, it's Saw 6, I think. Oh. That there is a Saw trap that is basically the trash compactor mm. oh. uh, and I was like oh we're about to see some bones <laughs> like, oh shit I said it <laughs> oh shit <laughs> now let me oh, open no. Instagram and <laughs> oh no I didn't even mean to do that <laughs> at the very last second just as X5 is about to be squished into a rectangle of TVA ooze he admits <laughs> that he did in fact find Sylvie <clears throat> Elsewhere in the TVA, B-15 and Casey meet up with OB, who is still trying to retrofit the temporal loom. Unfortunately, the blast doors are now inoperable, and it looks like the only person who could open it is the original designer, He Who Remains, or possibly Miss Minutes, who's still MIA. And so I will make a prediction that next episode we go, we try to find Ravona Renslayer and Miss Minutes, but Miss Minutes can't open it, and then we end up having to go back and find Victor Timely to come and use his DNA. That's why they went to go visit Victor Timely. Hmm, okay. Mm. I like that prediction. Yeah, that's not bad. As all of this is happening, Casey is starstruck at meeting the writer of the TVA manual. He asks OB to autograph his copy of the manual before B-15 reminds them why they're there. Uh, Okay, OB is great in this episode. Uh, I loved early in the episode when he just earnestly asks, okay, Oh, do you think this is more important than uh, <laughs> fixing a temporal overload? I, okay, I had interrupted you uh, at my current threshold when you got to that, so I didn't interrupt you then. But as someone who worked in IT for a little while, uh, isn't that just like people yeah. that make requests? Like, hey, you just made a request. Which one of the two, three, seven, twenty-seven are more important yeah. to you? Yeah. <laughs> I also love when he meets Casey. He goes, nice to meet you. We're all going to die. <laughs> just the way he delivers, it's like he doesn't sound too scared. And he's not like, oh, don't you think this is more important? He's, he's like, oh, which one do you think is more important? Oh, obviously that one. Okay, yeah, that that's prudent. <laughs> he's so good. <laughs> oh. Following X-5's confession, the trio arrives at the McDonald's in Broxton, Oklahoma. Sylvie is now working the register, and once she locks eyes with Loki, their greetings are nothing short of of awkward. The tension is palpable. Loki can't believe Sylvie is simply working at a fast food joint, while Sylvie appears incredulous that her hiding spot has been found. Outside the restaurant, while on break, Sylvie listens to Loki's explanation of what's been happening. He tries to convince her that she must help, but Sylvie is perfectly happy where she is, working at McDonald's. TVA be damned. Loki pleads that this is bigger than the TVA until she reluctantly agrees to help. When X5 is uncooperative with Doc's location, Sylvie uses her magic to access his memory. Um, she didn't really agree, did she? She just does it. I got a couple. This is where I, another place where I start to have some issues. Okay. okay. Why was Sylvie so upset to see Loki when the last time she saw him, she kissed him and then kicked him through a door, not simultaneously as him kicking her through a door? Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's true. So what did he do that ticked her off so much? I don't she didn't seem mad in the moment about him being like 
hey, let's think about this. Yeah. The last she saw of him, when he was saying, let me think about this, and she's like, no, I'm just going to do it. Yeah, and he was just defending himself in that fight, really. Yeah, so I don't know why she's so mad at him here. Um, And Loki, like, walks in and says, I know you're the last person that you want. I'm the last person you want to see. Do you know that? How? I I don't know where this came from. I find mm-hmm. that confusing. Um, And then that just, you know, kind of colors like the rest of all of their interactions throughout the episode and then there's a little bit more at the end that i'll bring up when it is relevant that see i was didn't muddy to me as well i didn't really think about that but hearing you say it now i'm like yeah you're right and now i'm going back to did we miss the middle episode <laughs> <laughs> like today out of you know it'd be funny you know it'd be very um mischievous of them to do is to air the loki episodes about the timeline fucking up out of chronological order. <laughs> what if we did get the third episode? Whoa. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think it's... You don't think it's weird? Um, you don't think... It, you don't, you're like, yeah, no, she should be mad. I think it is complicated. I think uh, at the time, she pushed Loki away, but I could see her being angry at the way that she read that situation, him siding with the TVA, who she is clearly like mortal enemies with and feels a very particular way about. Um, And then him finally coming back and basically being, from her perspective, just a TVA agent at this point, uh, I'm sure, Mm. like is maybe her worst fear, which is Loki becoming that the thing that she hates, right? Like this person that she really cares about. Like I could see where they get in there. I think I agree that them all just being like agreeing that it, you know, they're all, that it's okay that she's angry with him. Like that he knew that, like, I think that is maybe a little weird, but I could also like, I don't know. It's one of those things that I didn't try to think too hard yeah. about, to be honest. Because, I mean, him working in the TVA does make sense that she would be mad at him sure. for that. But they but haven't talked about it. Exactly. This is their first meeting since the yeah, end of but time. But he shows up with Mobius and then a TVA guy in as a prisoner. Sure. Context clues, you could figure that out pretty quickly that yeah. he's working for the TVA. But you also think about it from Loki's timeline perspective, like, and I'm talking about real-time minutes, we don't know how long Sylvie has been working at this McDonald's, but for the most part, Loki got pushed out of the door, found Mobius, interrogated Brad, and is now in front of Sylvie. It's been like two hours for him. Sure. I mean, he also like got pulled out of mm-hmm. the loom, and that was that was thirty minutes. You know what I mean? I mean if you think about it. Avengers was still just a couple weeks ago. For yeah, him. right. <laughs> I think it'll be definitely something that's explored. Yeah, I think they'll talk about it. I think we'll get more reasoning, and then you can decide whether you like the reasoning or not. I yeah, think yeah, I yeah. think it'll be fine. I just feel like they, again, it feels like they skipped a step for me. Now my surveillance dork for this series is that they're intentionally <laughs> doing the episodes out of chronological order. We'll get the finale next week. Wow. Yeah. That'll be exciting. <laughs> yeah. Now that they know Dox's location, Loki, Sylvie, and Mobius are able to catch her off guard. The two Lokis, Loki, unleash the full force of their magic, stopping Dox and her loyalists in their tracks. Sadly, they were just a little too late. Once they've returned to the TVA, the branch timelines continue to break off and disappear. Lives continue to be lost. In the background, Casey gets hit gets a hit on Renslayer's tempad, but Sylvie is angry that all their efforts are amounted to nothing, proclaiming that the TVA is broken and rotted. She returns to the Broxen timeline, leaving Loki and the rest of the TVA in shock. Outside her McDonald's, Sylvie says goodnight to her co-worker Jack. Cosmic Blues by Janice Joplin plays as Sylvie lights up a device in her hand. A device which she took from He Who Remains. Right. Yeah, so... The dialogue that she has with that kid combined with the fact that she's then holding that tempad on the hood of the car makes me it made me think like are you just like reliving the same day at McDonald's every day are you like going back to the beginning of that day and doing it again hmm and i don't know why i thought that i don't have a lot of evidence to support that That's interesting. but like i don't know it just felt like a weird interaction at the end of the day because that know? was the thing that he who remains used that was like his temp pad kind of yeah his like right? little cracked marble one yeah. or whatever 
Um, I don't know if there's anything weird there. We do know, like, another thing that I thought of was about the last episode, because now that we've kind of seen, we didn't see this version of Sylvie except for in the post-credits, and she hadn't interacted with Loki yet, so we didn't know that she was mysteriously mad at him. Mm -hmm. But now that we know that that McDonald's Sylvie is mad at Loki, and regular Loki is like, you guys hypothesized that last episode Loki is the one that pruned himself. Mm-hmm. Yes. But then the Sylvie in the elevator that was looking at him was happy to see Loki. Yeah. So it's kind of maybe like a confirmation that like time travel is possible at the TVA in the traditional sense that we understand time travel outside of the Marvel rules, right? The yeah. back to the future rules. Yeah. The, you know, if I don't get my mom and dad to meet at the dance, I won't be born rules. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Look, the episode's over. We've gone through the whole episode. What is it that has, besides that one part, what is it that stuck out to you guys that you guys didn't enjoy? Or that you had, that gave you pause? I wouldn't say you didn't enjoy because it seems yes. like at least Zach liked the episode. Yeah, I, I liked the episode. It's just that. And it, me, Peach. Peaches. Oh, I missed that. Dang. Damn. Oh, it's an episode. He's editing I too, know. so sorry. The rules Dang. don't apply to Eduardo. That's all right. I'll, I'll uh, edit out the coffee name though. <laughs> the coffee name <laughs> that's actually kind of funny for this for this case i won't be mad about that <laughs> that's that's worth it i'm glad you won't have a bone to pick with him after this yeah anytime anytime you say my name i'm gonna say bones in the episode <laughs> that's funny uh yeah, I, I did enjoy the episode. I, I enjoyed the act of watching it and <laughs> observing the characters doing things. The act of... The verb? <laughs> loved it. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking love verbs. Yeah. My uh, my issue with it, I guess, like I said, it's... I was very disoriented at the start of the episode where I felt like I had missed something. Watching it the second time, I was like, okay, I, I, I get this, but I just thought it was a little jarring i guess also knowing that now i guess mobius and b15 and loki are running the tva yeah i guess yeah so that was new and you know and casey is like oh the renslayer thing and she's like it's not a secret everyone knows we're doing this like oh okay so we have now told everyone in the tva you're all variants so i guess that we need to save the timelines so i guess that thing that mobius was concerned about at the beginning of the first episode went over smoothly right yeah like it happened between episodes yeah Uh, (laughs) i thought they that's that loki do that last season didn't he announce to the tva that they're all variants he in the past before their memories got wiped yeah yeah and then they played that recording in the boardroom just yeah, around so, the three people. So yeah, he so he told it to those people, only the people in that conference. Ah, room. I yeah, see. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because Mobius was like telling B15 like we need to be cool about this because it's going to freak, you know, your gods are fake and you were all kidnapped. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Um the other uh yeah, so that I don't like it when major developments happen between episodes, major developments. <laughs> um <laughs> For, you know, the dead speak, you know, stuff like that bothers me. I, I It feels messy. Like, if something is important enough, like, where it actually changes the status quo, it's important enough that we see it happen. That's just kind of how I feel about that. And I think that's why I felt lost at the beginning of the episode. At the end of the episode, my questions are, what is the TVA right now? And I guess that is kind of the question that we are kind of asking ourselves. But, like... This general docs, I mean, she actually is a general, so that's not <laughs> not so much a joke. Um, <laughs> we're still gonna do we're it. Still gonna do it. Um, <laughs> general docs, yeah, yeah. So you know, she's got respect. <laughs> so we know that the judge lady was like halt all pruning, and she's like, "I'm going to do all the pruning." Yeah, uh, and that's her secret plan that none of them could figure out. Um, but the rest of the TVA is now trying to stop pruning. So they are doing what Sylvie would want the TVA to do, which is let the branches happen. She shouldn't be mad at the TVA and Loki. She should be mad at Docs at and the only person Docs. they just apprehended. Yes. Yeah. And she's like, oh, you guys are so bad at this. It's like, 
literally just started trying to do We've this. We've been here an hour. Yeah, you know, it, <laughs> it just feels very... I don't... Unless we're going to find out that we have now met Sylvie in the at a later point in her timeline and a bunch of other things have already happened that, you know, because it could be one of those things... I don't know how familiar you guys are with, with Doctor Who. Obviously, I think you've you've watched it. Uh, River Song. She is a confusing character in a lot of ways because they always, the Doctor and River always end up meeting each other at different points in their timeline, like chronologically. Like the first time the Doctor meets River is the last time River meets the Doctor. Mm. Uh, so they kind of, so she knows all about him. And he's like, what? Who are you? What? Yeah. <laughs> and she thinks Doctor, that, who are you? Yeah. She thinks that his is like a later regeneration <laughs> of him. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. So I'm wondering if that's what we're going to get is like, are they actually going to be meeting Sylvie at different points in the timeline in like her personal timeline? Now? Well, that would make sense why the elevator one was like, hey, it's Loki. Yeah. And the so, McDonald's so obviously one was like, that hey, is, that is already part of it. Yeah. Uh, but I'm wondering if like they are going at some point going to meet a Sylvie who is pre-McDonald's post he who remains mm. uh, where pre-McDonald's yeah pre-Madonna pre-McDonald's <laughs> yeah where where something happens that explains why she is I mean we already know why she like she's upset with the TVA and that makes sense because as we established last season the TVA was doing awful things mm-hmm. their the whole mission was bad except for the part where it's trying to keep Kang from invading the universe but the way they go about it is, you know, fascist. Sure. Um, it, it, so the fact that it seems like the TVA and Sylvie are just about on the same page and she's like, you all need to be destroyed. And she goes back to McDonald's. <laughs> just such a weird <laughs> sentence. I often go to McDonald's <laughs> in times of stress, too. Yeah. To be fair. <laughs> I and get that mambo sauce. Yeah. Is, uh Logan Roy says of the commercial. Man, Chris, we're at odds at this. Wow. I don't feel that, that way even a little bit. Okay. I think it's so interesting that that's your perspective, and you're allowed to have it. Yeah. You're allowed to. I think the way that I read the scene was what Sylvie gets there, and granted, Sylvie is there for a total of like 10 seconds. She comes in there, and then she leaves. She says what she needs to say, and she leaves. Her uh, perspective in all this is that the TVA bombed a bunch of them and yeah other TVA people grabbed those TVA people and sure their interests might align at this moment but I think what she, the the expression she was getting out is no matter what you're doing right now at the end of the day the TVA caused this she doesn't consider those as two different groups she considers them as one group the TVA is why she says okay. you're rotten to the core like it doesn't matter what good you're doing right now it doesn't matter that you're trying to fix this now you guys are the problem the fact that you exist there will always be problems because there's always going to be a group of you that are going to do something like this. That's how I read that. Okay. And to me, that made sense. It's because of all the hatred that she already had for the TV. Like she doesn't, she doesn't give them any benefit of any doubt. She's like, you might be doing the good thing now, but that you guys are the problem. Like it is, it is your existence that that you know that causes all of this. Sort of like the like the Batman. It is your existence that creates the villain yeah, you know, yeah. type thing. I think that's sort of the okay. that is the the train of thought that I get from her saying I, like, it is that, the existence of the TVA that causes all these problems to begin with. I agree with what you're saying and with what he's saying because uh, this is not scripted as a middle exact middleman <laughs> uh, because yeah, all of that, but also she should know better than most people that Loki is not really in the TVA. Loki has mostly just shown up and he's, she knows her, she knows Loki's position on what's going on. And maybe they could have talked about it. I think they are. And maybe this is where I kind of agree with you that they haven't talked about this well enough. The part that confuses me and I'm surprised that you guys haven't talked about this is that, Throughout this whole thing, all Loki has said is that he who remains was right. We need to fix this. He is basically like championing that they prune a bunch of. Okay, you know what? That was actually another issue I had with the episode. I got so distracted by the other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like I, I can't tell if Loki is now on board with. Oh man, he was right. We need to stop. Or if he's like, oh man, he was right. We need to stop this. 
do we find a better way to stop it than I feel like it yeah. has to be B, right? Like, yeah. Because if it's A, it doesn't make any sense, and I'd be really sad. Completely yeah. undermines the message of the first right. season. And it also doesn't make sense with his actions, what he is doing literally right now. Yeah. So. Yeah, because I think what Loki wants right now uh, is more time. <laughs> and that's what he wanted in the uh, the season finale, too. Is like yeah. He's like, there is so much happening right now. I need to think about this and there's no time to think about what the right thing to do is. And I've never had to consider what the right thing to do is anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this is all new to him. So it's even harder than normal. So they're going to time travel to all the different Kang variants when they're babies in their crib. And damn, I'm Don Cheadling. Right yeah. Now. It, it'll work for them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, maybe that is that could be what they're going to do is like they're going to try to figure out, okay, we don't need to prune entire timelines. We just need to stop Kang. Right, right. Prune all Kang. These timelines. Prune right. Kang instead of everything else. Oh, incidentally, speaking of timelines, I, I hesitate to bring this up, uh, but something I noticed. Don't I, hesitate. I, we talked a little bit last week about what's the difference between a dimension and a multiverse and a universe and a timeline. Sure. I think we got a bit of an answer in this episode. Because they show a close-up of the screen with all the branches being pruned, and all the branches were called, and you know I do not accept this number um, as the universe designation, but they are all 616 point something. Oh, were they? Yeah, so these are branches from this sacred timeline. (laughs) The other universes, like 838, that they went to a multiverse of madness, the Tobey Maguire universe, the Andrew McGarfield Andrew McGarfield. (laughs) <laughs> Are we sponsored by Bones and McDonald's? In yeah, this the uh, uh, the Tom McCarty yeah. universe, <laughs> the X McMen universe. <laughs> hey, X McMahon, Hank McMcCoy. Yeah, uh, yeah, the Hank McCoy universe. Uh, no, all McCoy. of those are universes, not branches, uh, off of the Sacred Timeline. That's I. Th- I think that is kind of our subtle proof there so the timeline is. is the mother and the universe is the child as far as a hierarchy yes goes? there's a timeline well there multiple timelines can branch off of a single universe but there are also multiple universes that probably have all their own timelines but you just did a circular thing then now i'm more confused what no okay so there are multiple universes uh-huh each universe has multiple timelines oh it's a many-to-many relationship yes yeah, so you've got like a branching thing over here. You have another branching thing over here that does not connect with this one because um, the timeline is isolated. Mm. Um, by opening things up, you know, now there may be ways to travel between them. But that would explain how there's always been a multiverse, but only also been one timeline until they killed a hero remains. Hey, speaking of him, do we know for sure? that Victor Timely is in the show. Like, I know it was a post-credit scene, um, but with the the with the recent he's in the real-life things, uh, well, we yeah. know he is, but is Victor Timely? Are they still going that route? Whatever yeah, it, that it, route was, it was too late to change things. Okay. Um, so Change is going it, forward. It remains here. to be seen if this is the last we see of if this actor in that seen. role. Yeah. Um, but they're in a wait-and-see approach to see what happens with all that. Like with all those proceedings, yeah. yeah. But it's—I mean, we heard his voice in the first episode. No, I know that. Yeah. yeah, and and I think there have been like images of images of Victor Timely that we did not see in it. Oh, okay. So yeah. so we know that Victor Timely will show up in this show at some point. I guess you did say um, last week too that there was not a lot of reshooting. I mean, that doesn't mean there wasn't a lot of cut footage, right? But I think at this point they're just going to say they're just going to hope that. No one freaks out because it was already done. Yeah. Basically, when this stuff started happening. Yeah. And there was not time to go back and reshoot. And if they decide to recast going forward, you know what? they can do that. And people can just kind of deal with it. I well, guess. speaking of this, I I don't know what happened to us as people as far as like getting so in a huff when people are recast. Because like... It used to be, I even remember not that long ago, there was a character in Game of Thrones that was one character for one season, and then the guy that played Stephen Crane in Haunting of Hill House played him instead. And nobody really cared for more than a minute. 
But like, it seems like when people are recast now, we either decide, well, instead of recasting them, let's use AI to generate yeah. a face of him in the window. It's a big Why issue. Why not just Mar- fucking recast? Marvel like, and Star Wars, for some reason, have like made people averse to recasting. Yeah, I, I, I guess I don't get it. I have a theory that it's because people didn't like Solo. Maybe. And I think that's the wrong lesson. Hollywood took the wrong lesson, as they usually do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, the and the like, lesson there, they thought, was, oh, don't recast. Now, Even listen, though everyone liked Donald Glover as Listen, <laughs> because I don't want anybody to come at me about specifically like Chadwick. I think there are there are reasons why you don't recast yes, certain yes, roles. There, there, there are... Re- yeah, absolutely. But when it comes to stuff... Like this, or even just like, hey, that actor literally couldn't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, just shut up. People like, didn't really freak out too much when Mark Ruffalo took over. Dumb- there were different Dumbledores. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, because because an actor died, right? Like, and you can look at these two. Clooney? Oh, what is it? Clooney, uh, what Val Kilmer? Oh yeah, all the all the Batman. Yeah, like yeah, you can look at but these like- performances and pick out different things about them, but. At the end of the day, like if you need that character in the story, just recast them and we'll figure it out yeah. within the which first is twenty seconds. Which is what they're doing with uh Thunderbolt Ross. Right. Yeah. Didn't so. he also pass away? Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they got Harrison Ford because they were like, Well, we need the character. But like alive. you know there's gonna be someone out there that's gonna be like, We used the AI for a couple characters already. Why not just keep using yeah. William Hurt? Well, yeah, that because that's what they consistently have done with star wars in a a lot of times when we're at the point where maybe it would be easier to certainly cheaper to recast some of those things i don't think there are any people calling for this though i think that's like a hollywood executive like we we need to keep continuity so let's see but i don't think no i don't think i've ever seen like a person be like where give me that ai generated (laughs) actor yeah fair i'm going to not spoil Ahsoka for anyone who hasn't watched it yet, but my counter argument here is that I did see people. There is a character in Ahsoka who is played by the oh, late yeah. Ray Stevenson, who, yeah, yeah. who passed away honestly just before the show came out. Uh, he was uh, um, Volstag in the Thor movies. Um, oh, but he played um, a character named Balin Skull, who had a kind of a mysterious storyline, and the way the season ended on Ahsoka. It was definitely setting up more for this character to do. And I saw so many comments in line of, oh, yeah, it's too bad. We're not going to see what happens with that character. It's like, yeah, we will. Yes, you like, will. It is It is too bad we won't get to see this actor do it because he was like, he made a lot out of very little with that character. He made it very compelling just by the way he played him. Uh, so that's, you know, sad. But there are people who are like, oh, now now they're just going to have to explain what he does like off screen I was like no they're just gonna get leah schreiber or something <laughs> you know yeah I, and i guess that's where i i i don't understand that mindset yeah and like, i think I it's, it. it's a sort of an expectation that people have now because when they bring in luke skywalker they have a guy who kind of looks like mark hamill they replace his face with mark hamill and they used ai to make him sound like young mark hamill mm. it is insane that we do all of that when sebastian stan is right, he is right there. there. Yes. Yeah. He's yeah. right there. He does what look we, like young I Mark think Hamill. People, what are we doing? People would understand if they said, okay, we're going to use Luke Skywalker. Now, I don't think they should use Luke Skywalker a lot. Um, but if they were going to use him extensively, then just cast someone new. Well, I don't think you understand, Luke. Chris, that Luke Skywalker belongs to the people. Oh. And every <laughs> single person's opinion about Luke Skywalker is right. And if you get it wrong, they're entitled to send you a death threat. Mm. Yeah. Ah. entitled (laughs) would you believe i was reading stuff about the star wars sequels earlier today (laughs) oh yeah i saw a tiktok this is completely unrelated but it was a tiktok of the last jedi and it shows ray when she's like really uncoordinated at the beginning training she's like training her lightsaber uh, right in front of that big rock Mm -hmm. and then it shows us like a side-by-side with Kylo Ren's fight with Luke Skywalker, and it's all the same sword movements. It's a one-to-one oh, of all of the sword movements that she practices is what he does. That's cool. Even the way she's like holding the lightsaber, everything. She at one point switches it to the backwards way that he does and does one of these, and that's exactly what he does in Luke Skywalker. It's crazy that's that really I never smart. noticed that. Yeah, that's really that's smart. That's really cool. God, that movie's so good. Come at me, bros. <laughs> 
<laughs> Last Jedi. Number two Star Wars movie of all time. Last Because nothing, no, nothing tops Empire. Last <laughs> Jedi and recast opinions in the same. But yeah. Let's go. Canceled, no, the, boys. The thing, because the thing I saw in uh, um, friend of the show, Arnaldo, uh, in the Discord for his podcast, uh, someone, uh, his co-host, Berto, actually posted something from Reddit that said, even as a sequel trilogy enjoyer, the dissonance between JJ and Ryan cannot be paraphrased better than this. And it's a picture of masked kylo ren in the in force awakens unmasked kylo ren in last jedi and remasked kylo ren in um rise of skywalker and then he also shared a comment from that which i thought was great uh anakin's lightsaber is probably an even more direct example the force awakens brings it back with no explanation for the sake of pandering to easy nostalgia even when the original trilogy already had luke moving on after he lost it in The Last Jedi, it's given a massive moment where it's broken in two during Kylo's speech about letting the past die. Then Rey literally picks up the pieces, and the film ends with the hope that she'll take these fragments of the past and make something new out of it. Then Rise of Skywalker completely ignores this. The lightsaber has been magically fixed off screen with no mention of it ever being broken in the first place. And I just think that's interesting because with The Last Jedi, everybody focuses on Luke tossing the lightsaber away at the beginning of the movie. The like as like this big disrespectful thing, completely ignoring all this thematic weight they give it for the rest of the movie. Like they actually do stuff with it. But anyway, this isn't a Star Wars podcast. Yeah. If Sometimes. you guys want to hear that, we I'll I'll go through a Last Jedi podcast and talk about why you're all wrong about it if you don't like it. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> I don't know if I'd be on that whole thing, but I'll be on the Rogue One episode to defend it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you could <laughs> peaches versus us. You know what, though, I w- I actually probably would do that because I I f- I don't think that you guys are like above scrutinizing something that you like, but I oh, also yeah. feel like I might be the like I might change roles and be like the. It wasn't that great of the show. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> All right, so what are we going to rate this episode of Loki season two? Um, I guess I'll start. Uh, sorry for taking the obvious one, but uh, 7.5 bright green pies out of 10. Screw you. <laughs> That's right. I have four written down. Excellent. All right, now you. I gave it 8.5 McDonald's product placements out of 10. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm going right in the middle. Look at that. This was not scripted. Yeah. <laughs> Eight Zaniac sequels. Yes. Out of 10. Nice. It's a lot of Zaniac. Yeah, I don't think... Uh, I'm going to assume that this doesn't like hamper your guys' excitement for more low-key. Oh, yeah. No, no, Absolutely, no. 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 Bring it on. Yeah. I can't wait to watch more. No, I, I think what Chris said earlier is is basically my like summary is for a Loki episode, maybe not my favorite one, but it's Loki. You know? Yeah, it's, like it's still good. <laughs> it's like, I don't know, having a bad experience at Domu. You still ate Domu. Yeah. Like, and you know it'll probably be better the next time. Right, yeah. I'm still going back. They mm-hmm. have all of my money. They have my credit card memorized. It's time for everyone's favorite. I don't know who everyone is. I always say it's everyone's favorite, <laughs> even though no one has ever told me it's their favorite, but everyone's favorite section. Recommendation jingle. Yeah. Do you guys have anything to recommend to our listeners to get them through their week? <laughs> you didn't say what this section was? Because we have a jingle, Zach. I know. We have a jingle. Stop zacking me. <laughs> bones, 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 bones. <laughs> we have a jingle, Peaches. Uh, and we have jangly bones. <laughs> Get that checked. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I've had a not exciting week for podcast recommendations that's not true for podcast recommendations specifically to recommend a podcast or to recommend on the podcast to recommend a thing on the what should i recommend something that you watched i already did that last week you recommended that whole show last week Oh, that show! Yeah, what are you doing? Uh, yeah. What are you no, talking about? No, no, you're right. You're right. I I binged that shit in 24 hours. Yeah. Hey, oh wow! I recommend the fall of the House of Usher. <laughs> okay, what are you talking about dude, it happened so fast. I forgot I did it. Yeah. Um, fall of the House of Usher. <laughs> happens to me all the time. <laughs> it's it's biological. Uh, <laughs> fall of the House of Usher. 
is Mike Flanagan's newest show. And if you've listened to this podcast three, maybe four times, uh, the odds are that you know that I'm a big Mike Flanagan stan, a Mike Stanagan flan. <laughs> um, <laughs> um new show on netflix and it's it's fucking great it was so good um i can't wait to watch it again after reading the poe stuff that inspired it but it's essentially the overarching story is a is a poe story called the fall of the house of usher and in within that story mike flanagan has planted all these other poe stories that happen with the characters that are involved in the usher family and uh, it's got a lot of reoccurring actors from other Mike Flanagan stuff. Um, specifically, I love Carla. I don't know how to say her last name. Carla Gugino. Gugino. I think it's Gugino. She is great in the show. I mean, she's been great in all yeah. of the shows she's been in. But she gets to play a character with like crazy fun range. Oh, cool. And um, she plays that character also in a bunch of different ways. Uh, different accents, different Is outfits. That the Hill House mom? Yes. Yeah. Um, so the Spy oh, Kids mom. Yes. Spy Kids yes. mom. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but like Henry Thomas is also in it, and he plays one of the Usher kids. Like uh, Raul Coley's in it, and I'm like, oh, you know, the aforementioned Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill's in it. Um, and obviously Kate Siegel is in it because. She is married to Mike Flanagan. She's in it's all the stuff. They can, they can do things together. Yeah, they, <laughs> it's almost a given. It's like it's like Tim Burton casting Helena Bonham Carter. You know. Yeah. Um, but no, it was really great. I watched it very fast. It's it's cool because it's familiar stories. I mean, if you like Poe, it's familiar stories. Um, but they do this thing where at the beginning of the show, they basically straight up tell you what's going to happen. That like you know right away what's going to happen to every character in the show, mm. and it's still extremely interesting to watch. Um, and it's a pretty show. It's uh, it's gory. It's you know it's got the a few famous Mike Flanagan monologues in it. Um, there's also a bunch of actors that make little guest roles, like guest appearances from um, what was his show. Uh, Midnight, Club, Midnight Club, the Midnight Club, a bunch of like the kid actors come back. Too. Oh, cool! They're not really kids anymore, but yeah, but they come back and they have little appearances here and there too. So lots of lots of characters poke their head in. Um, the girl that played young Shirley in Hill House mm. is in the first episode in like the flashback sequences, and then you never see her again. Oh, but it's okay. cool that they got her. You know? Yeah. Um, I didn't realize that's who that was. Yeah, really liked it. Uh, it, I don't. I don't know if it will become a new version of Hill House for me because I do rewatch that show every year. That's not an exaggeration. Um, I'm working on... I was in the middle of Bly when Follow the House of Usher came out, so I stopped my Bly rewatch, but I'll get back into that now. I think I will rewatch this one at least one more time after I go back and read some of the Poe stuff mm. just to like really familiarize myself, but I mean... If you if you know famous post stuff, you can probably guess a few of the ways the characters meet their demise. Sure. Because I, I still only watched the first episode, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I got so excited when they showed that flash of the brick wall, baby. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> For the love of God, Montresor. Yes. Uh, basically, every popular Poe thing you can think of, a character goes that way. Yeah. Sick. So it's it's really cool. Oh no! I R.I.P. to the guy who ends up in a pit with a pendulum. I guess. I won't tell you who. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, watch that show. Also, I recommended this last year, which is a crazy... Th- I still think it's crazy that I can say that, even though we've been doing this for more than one year. Um, if you have the money and you enjoy Halloween Horror Nights, do a behind-the-scenes tour. Uh, I did mine after last... So I guess I did do things. <laughs> I, I just... I've already recommended this. I recommended this last time right after I did a tour. Do a tour. They're really fun. And um, if you need to know where the hidden frogs are, I've found nine out of 11 of them. Oh, I found nine out of 11 of them at this, at this recording. So you can ask me and I'll tell you. And I'm really salty about one of the frogs in particular. I think it was a terrible decision. A salty frog? A salty frog. Yeah. Uh, the Tom- Yeti frog. I think, oh, I think yeah. that's a stupid frog. I think it's... it's- it's so easy to find like 
I'm shocked that I didn't see it the first few times I went in the it's house. It's not that it's easy to find. I think it's stupid because all of the... Now, granted, again, I still haven't seen two of them, but all the other frogs that they've hidden in those houses are roughly the same size, and they're all wearing hats. And the one in Yeti is four times the size, not wearing a hat at all, and is in a scene with two other frogs mm. that are the same size as that frog. So it seems like those aren't hidden. It seems like they're part of the scenery, and they should have hidden one that matches the size and theme of the other frogs in the house somewhere else. Okay. Weird soapbox to get on. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. <laughs> With me or the so- getting on a soapbox about it? No, that it was a weird soapbox. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Someone else make me stop talking. All right. Um in keeping with the spooky October uh, recommendations, bleep this! I dare you. There's a. Uh, did you know Ryan Gosling has a band that does like spooky Halloween music it's called Bones? It's called Dead Man's Bones. <laughs> <laughs> it's him and uh, a guy named Zach Shields, who I think is like a childhood friend of his. You found uh, another no, way the- to say Bones oh. and the Z word. <laughs> yeah. Oh, here it is. They met in 2005, and they discovered they have a mutual obsession with the haunted mansion. <laughs> that's funny yeah ryan gosling huge haunted mansion fan hmm. uh apparently he when guillermo del toro was supposed to make a haunted mansion movie ryan gosling was in talks to be in it because he loves it so much um but yeah they uh they have a little band called uh dead man's bones it's the two of them along with the silver lake conservatory children's choir which was started by flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers. What the fuck? Yeah. Are you just saying things? These are real. And Donnie? like they, they have they have one album <laughs> and it's called Dead Man's Bones. The band is called Dead Man's Bones. They have a song called Dead Man's Bones. Uh, and they have other songs with names like In the Room Where You Sleep, uh, Werewolf Heart, Flowers Grow Out of My Grave. It's, it's a good Halloween. Uh, Do you actually know anything about this band, or did you look them up so that you could say no, bones I, ten more times? I, no, I, I actually, I'm feeling it, it's on my Halloween playlist. Oh, okay, I got my Spotify Halloween playlist, and and that is on there. So, so yeah, um, yeah, and make a Halloween playlist. It's fun, and you can be so loose with what a Halloween song is. They did the fuck. <laughs> Monsters sucked and fucked. What the fuck? <laughs> uh, of all the things to bleep out of the episode. No, that's staying in. I know, I know. That is staying in. Yeah, everyone look up the original Monster Mash on <laughs> Funny or Die. Nick Weiger doing his thing. I would like to recommend uh, a couple card games to the listeners out there. Uh, the first one I'm going to recommend is Disney Lorcana. Uh, if you have, no, don't tell them about it. If uh, everybody already knows, <laughs> I know. Uh, if you've heard, Disney came out with a trading card game similar to Magic: The Gathering. It is called Disney Lorcana. It's full of Disney characters. It's a very fun game, very easy to get into, uh, but does have some depth and complexity. I will say right now, product is a little hard to get because uh, it's sold out everywhere. Uh, but they are uh, in the middle of making reprints for the first and second set, even though the second set hasn't even come out yet. Uh, the second set releases at the beginning of either next month or December. I believe it's December, actually. Um, and that's when the reprint is supposed to come out as well. Uh, so you should be on the lookout for that. I'd also like to recommend the One Piece card game. Uh, as I am waiting for Memorial Arcana to come out, I started playing the One Piece card game. That game is also very fun. I think my favorite part about it is that it doesn't use mana like Magic the Gathering, which is my biggest problem with Magic the Gathering is that it uses mana and sometimes you have too few mana and sometimes you have too many mana and it always feels bad. Too many mana. I always feel bad when I draw mana or don't draw mana. Like it always, it's always like a sticking point. Like you just, you're always. You get flooded or you get drought. You don't get the right amount. Well, and then also for like, if it happens to your opponent, you then like don't necessarily even feel satisfied when you win because you're like, oh, well they just. Got mana screwed, so that's why. I, like, it just doesn't. Uh, whereas, like, both of these games have systems in place to kind of curb that. In Lorcana, any card can become your mana, so you just choose it from your hand and you put it down. And in One Piece, you have a second deck of ten cards that is just mana, and you will always draw those every turn. So I don't know if it's the exact release date, but the TCG Player presale on Rise of the Floodborne, which is uh-huh. the second Lorcana set, 
it has an estimated shipping date of November 17th. Okay, so middle of next month. Yeah. So you should see some more product come out. And as more stuff comes out, you're going to see these the prices that are out right now start to drop, and there's going to become more availability. They're going to get on top. This happened a few years ago with Pokemon, where Pokemon ballooned in popularity, and it was just like impossible to find for like a, a few months. And then eventually they just started printing more, and now you can find Pokemon everywhere again, as, as you're supposed to. Um, so kind of be on the lookout for that. I also want to give one last recommendation that I feel like I've given more than once, but I'm going to do it again. You guys should all watch Jujutsu Kaisen. It is my favorite anime out right now. It is so good. It's it's just so good. It's a little bit of horror, a little bit of comedy. It's very, very, very good. They're in the middle of their second season right now, and I just really highly recommend it. Um, it the animation style is some of the crispest crispest that you will see um it's made by studio mappa and if you follow anime at all you know that they do some really really great stuff so uh highly recommend jutsu kaisen but i think that's gonna do it for this episode of assembly required an mc retrospective if you'd like to support the show you can do so patreon.com slash assembly required join our patreon exclusive discord come chat with us as soon as we have uh as soon as we finish this episode the episodes to see what our immediate re- reactions are if you want to follow the show on Twitter, it's going to be at AssemblyCast. Send us an email. Uh, gmail.com. Yep. Nope. <laughs> gmail.com. Just gmail.com. Reply all. Assembly acquired. Yeah, yeah if you'd reply all at g- uh, gmail.com, we'll get it. <laughs> Assembly acquired cast at gmail.com. Huge shout outs to our Avengers level patrons, Brian, Riley, and Adrian. But that's going to do it for the episode. It's going to be for myself, for Peaches, and for Chris. We love you, 3000. Bye, everybody. Celsius. Bubbly, bubbly. Bonesily, bonesily. <laughs> what did we say? Didn't know that your call sign was going to be again? I don't remember what it was. What? <laughs> no, yeah, your sign off. You made some sound. At uh at dinner, we said, "What if that was your sign?" Oh, I forgot what it was. Was it part? What is it part of De Niro? <laughs> I don't oh, know if it yeah. was a De Niro thing. We're doing a podcast, and you're laughing. <laughs> Doesn't sound anything like De Niro. Y'all can't see my face. It's great. <laughs> the best part about that was that he knew. <laughs> He knew what he needed to say, <laughs> and right after Eduardo was like that thing in dinner. It took like five to six seconds to warm up <laughs> by making his face look like De Niro's. <laughs> Damn, that's funny. <laughs> okay, oh see you, everybody. Bye.